Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024. Cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. All right, so we're at three, 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 two, three. Oh, wow, guys. You're getting all this, right? Oh my God. <laughs> what a round. So six, six, five. Oh, God. Seven. Everybody hit seven. One side, we're outside. What a heck of a round. Fun with the crossbar in Bears camp. Awesome. On Tuesday, 15 yards away. Look. Some deeper, I thought. They make it look yeah. they make it look easy. Right. They make it look easy. Was it 15 yards? It looked, like they, what it looked was like they moved around. It looked like there was – I saw 15. It looked like they went a little deeper than that, a few of them. Uh, I, I don't know. It's a pretty common game in the NFL, but you're they, it, it yes, they made it look very easy. Uh, th- that's an NFL quarterback for you, but that, that's cool that they're doing that before practice. Well, is it before practice? Is it after practice? I know the Saints always did those games after practice. Drew Brees, competitive, and they had a different thing every day. There's Chris Sims and Josh Allen Losing to Josh trying to Allen. hit the goalpost. Yeah. Shocker. <laughs> I'm stunned. I'm stunned by that. Was, was that a couple years ago? Yeah. That was before Josh Allen became Josh Allen. He would never do that now. Uh, what, what, uh, he, might, he would do it with me because uh, that's my boy, Blue. My boy, Blue, would do it with me. But, uh, yeah, that, that was fun. And it, it is a great game. I think it was before practice because, it, I mean, I don't know. You're right. It's usually an after-practice thing. But it looked like they were rallying everybody together there at the end like it was the start of practice so I don't know but pretty impressive for all of them to be tied at seven doing that um that's a huge part of the NFL culture I think as you know a part part of my routine in my early years in my NFL career Mike I used to on pregame go out there and play against Mike Allstott right I mean he just hey let me hang with the veteran let's do a fun game do that type of stuff you know it wasn't much of a challenge of course I could beat him but uh it, it is a fun thing to do 
Well, especially with those shoulder pads he wore, he can't get his arm up high enough to throw a football anywhere. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I'd like to think you could beat him. But but that is just part of what they do to break the monotony of right. training camp. We're now a month in. They're getting closer and closer to the end of the preseason. And, and these are just little things that happen. And, hey, it's good because it may be the only time we actually see Nick Foles <laughs> on a video this year. Because, uh, you know, unless he ends up somewhere else. I assume Nick Foles was one of the three. He was. He I, I was, was paying attention to the crossbar. But that he's. it's amazing how a Super Bowl MVP has become forgotten man. Yeah, he's, he's kind of fallen into uh, obscurity, really. And, and, you know, partly, I don't think he would be as forgotten maybe if his contract was a little bit more friendly, Mike. And maybe he would be more on the trade talks and things like that maybe that is somebody you know one of these teams we've talked about the last few weeks that needs a backup quarterback or somebody that would look at but that doesn't seem like it's going to happen right now yeah the Dallas Cowboys could use a backup quarterback the Indianapolis Colts went through a few weeks ago that question of whether or not they make a play for Foles that's an entirely different can of worms though if you reunite Foles with Carson Wentz but trade deadline doesn't come until the Tuesday after week eight, all it takes is one injury, and that could change everything. And until then, the Bears content to keep Nick Foles at the bottom of the depth chart. And Foles not a guy who's inclined to complain. Plus, he's being compensated very well to be the third man on the depth chart, likely getting a higher base salary this year than rookie Justin Fields, although Fields got one hell of a signing bonus when he signed his contract. And speaking of Fields... Yesterday, Chris, I can't remember whether you said this on the air or during a break, but there was a question that yeah. you raised yeah. about comments from Bears coach Matt Nagy on Monday during his press conference where even though he's made it clear that Andy Dalton is the week one starter against the Rams on NBC's Sunday Night Football, the door may be open for something for Justin Fields. So I went yesterday found the press conference all or at least most they they don't and I don't mean the Bears most teams will post all the press conferences on their website unless it's something unfortunate and then you never see it this one did end up on the Bears website and the question was kind of vague and generic and Nagy went yeah but he eventually without any prompting without anyone interrogating him he eventually said something and I agree with you I think it may open the door for Justin Fields to do something come week one. Let's hear what Nagy had to say. We like what he's doing right now with the ones in practice, and I think that's what probably makes us feel good. And But we also like where Justin's at and seeing him grow, and so that's what we got to kind of talk through here these next couple weeks. So the he at the beginning is Andy Dalton, obviously. Right, right. They like what he's doing with the first-team offense, but they – like where Justin Fields is at and seeing him grow. So that's what we've got to kind of talk through these next couple weeks. Well, if it's all resolved, if it's all settled, if it's all decided, there's nothing to talk about. That's what was so strange about that comment. So kudos to you for catching it. Thank you. And and now over the next couple of weeks, I guess we'll find out what the hell it means. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I I guess we will. You know, first off, I am one that kind of believes, you know, first off, uh, we've had a lot of conversations here Justin Fields, I would start him week one. I know it's scary and it's the Rams and they're a great defense and it's on the road. 
Uh, but but I do feel like they can manage him, play a defensive struggle type of football game. Not, you know, hey, it's third and 14. Hey, we're not going to try to throw it. We might just run the ball, run a draw. We're going to play. We're going to let our defense, you know, kind of hold the Rams offense, do that. I think they're capable of that style of football. There's no doubt. But, of course, I'm not there every day at practice and all those type of things. And, you know, to Matt Nagy and what he say, you know, what he is saying, I mean, I, I think it's – it's a, it is a tough environment for a rookie to go in. It, nonetheless, though, Mike, I feel like, you know, if that game doesn't go well, I, I think we're going to see Justin Fields maybe the next week start the football game and still would be shocked in week one if they don't have a package of plays for him, you know, just to get in the game, feel the speed of the game, and maybe have a few schematical quarterback runs or something like that to mess with the Rams and keep them on edge that way. So I, I would be shocked if he's not at least involved in week one, and I still don't think I'd be shocked if they'd finally just pulled the trigger here and made him the starter for week one. I would not. And again, this was a comment that wasn't something that happened under any type of duress or they had him on the ropes and they're, they're drilling down to the truth. He just kind of blurted it out. And sometimes those long answers from coaches will result in something getting added that maybe, in hindsight, the coach wouldn't have wanted to say. But, yeah. Chris, I agree with you. They could be getting ready for week one in some sort of a of a capacity where he comes in like a Taysom Hill. Yes. And, and, and has a drive here, a drive there. And if the Bears can balance that into their overall offensive repertoire – it helps Andy Dalton because it dilutes the amount of time that a given defense has to prepare to face the Bears offense because you got to be ready for Dalton and you got to be ready for Fields. Yeah, no, no no doubt about it. You're right. It gives them a little advantage of that for the defense, the other team to have to worry about two different quarterbacks, two different styles, two different thought processes for the front seven when each quarterback's in, all those type of things. They'll have different checks for when Justin Fields in because they will be worried about the quarterback runs and all that. And, you know, ultimately, Mike, the big picture is they just want to get him in because he's going to be in at some point during this year. I mean, I would think it's going to be, you know, earlier than later for sure, especially the way it's looked so far in training camp. I mean, Justin Fields belongs. He throws the ball better than I've given him credit for coming out in the draft and doing those things. And you could see the athleticism's real. So I just have a – I mean, to me – it's 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 really just a matter of time, and I know there was that promise, right? You know, I always go back to that. I know he promised him, and and I know again, Matt Nagy's from everything I hear is a really good guy, a good communicator. But you did promise your team you'd try to go out and win football games too. That's where you got to balance it. And if they're seeing Justin Fields doing what he's doing every day or every preseason game so far, and then he's also putting together good practices where he's right there with Andy Dahl. Maybe not, you know, maybe not everything's perfect on a day-to-day -day basis with the checks and things like that, but it's close, and he's making, a, making his share of plays to where the guys go, wait, on the field and preseason games, he clearly looks like a notch above Dalton. And then here in practice, it's real close too. So I know Coach promised him, but, you know, for us in the locker room, the players, damn, this guy looks like he's better, the first-round pick. Maybe we need to play him. Maybe he gives us the best chance. And that's where I think it's going to get real antsy. And I think Nagy will feel the pressure of not only the fan base, but if things don't go smooth with Andy Dalton, he's going to feel the pressure and the clamoring in the locker room because I think they're excited about what they see the players in, in Justin Fields. 
critical point to remember for any of these quarterback competitions, what the locker room thinks about it. And all the players were there on Saturday as former Bears starter Mitchell Trubisky torched Chicago while Andy Dalton did very little until he made a nice throw on a 73-yard catch and run, dropped it in over the defender's helmet. That was great. It was 28-0 at the time, yeah. though. Hard right. to erase the memory of it getting to 28 nothing before Dalton finally wakes up. Point that I made earlier in the week. We, in hindsight, think Pete Carroll did this really brave thing by going with Russell Wilson week one of his rookie year. No. The brave thing would have been to stick with Matt Flynn because everybody knew that Russell Wilson was the guy. And if everybody in Bears camp knows that Justin Fields is the guy, very hard to make make that promise last much longer than the first drive of the game against the Rams. Yeah, yeah. That, that's and and that's the key. You're going to lose all credibility with your team. You may lose some credibility with Andy Dalton. You're otherwise going to lose all credibility with your team if the kid who just got drafted is getting it done at a higher level than Dalton. Yeah, uh, agreed, agreed. So I I, I know I don't know where this goes from here. I mean, uh, I don't know if they'll have the guts to 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 pull the trigger and start Justin Fields. But uh, again, I think where I go, where I lie is it's a very short leash for Andy Dalton with the rate of success we're seeing Justin Fields have on the field, how he handles himself, you know, in in front of the podium, all those things. The players are seeing that, you know, the organization's seeing. It. I'm sure coaches are starting like starting to say things to Nagy like, you know, man, this guy's so he's so impressive, isn't he? Man, what a leader. You know, giving them clues like, man, the guys in my room, the running back rooms, they love Justin Fields. Man, Justin's, you know, he's got some way about him. He's charismatic. That that starts to permeate through a, a whole organization. And I feel like that's the way it's going there in Chicago. It just it has that feel. And of course what he's done on the football field and the way their team is built, again, I will go back to that point. I think they're better built with Justin Fields at quarterback than they are at Andy Dalton. I think they're better off playing almost let's manage Mitchell Trubisky mode, but Justin Fields is the quarterback. We're going to run the ball. We'll be careful with some passes, bootlegs. Of course, you can have a more extensive quarterback design run playbook with Justin Fields because he is built like that Greek god we've talked about. I mean, he's He's can he's built like a running back. He's going to be able to take a little bit more pounding than your normal everyday drop back quarterback there. So when I look at it from that angle, and I know it's still a hostile environment with the Rams and and the the new stadium and all those things too, but man, this guy's played in a lot of big college football games, and I I do think they can manage him the right way to where they could be very competitive and and be a pain in the butt for the Rams week one if they do start Justin Fields. So Sunday night coming up in just a couple of weeks on NBC, we may see Justin Fields as a starter. We may see him in some other capacity against the Rams earlier in the day. We may see another rookie that we didn't necessarily expect. We weren't quite sure. We assume we're going to see Trevor Lawrence, although maybe for his own safety, we won't. We will see Zach Wilson against the Panthers. Will we see Mac Jones against the Miami Dolphins as the 15th overall pick plays for the New England Patriots. Cam Newton's out until Thursday due to a misunderstanding, as we discussed yesterday, about the COVID-19 testing protocol. Bill Belichick said yesterday that it is a big week for Mac Jones. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, joint practices with the Giants. No Cam Newton. And also the fact that 
there clearly is some degree of exasperation within right? the Patriots organization right. over the fact that Cam Newton, who suddenly disappeared last year because he put himself in a position to test positive for COVID at a time when everyone was being extra careful, or at least was supposed to be extra careful. Now, because he's unvaccinated, you take the unvaccinated status, the daily testing, the bad assumption made by him that it was okay to get tested away from the facility. It's not if you're unvaccinated and you have to be tested every day. And they're in a point where the door is blown wide open for Mac Jones right. to try to take the job. And now it's up to Mac Jones to show that he can't. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I'm, I'll go back to a little what I said yesterday. First off, I'm just shocked. I'm absolutely shocked that Cam Newton would do this. You know, misunderstanding, whatever. It sounds like it was just a mess up. Like, a misunderstanding, is a, it sounds like it's code word for New England being nice to Cam. From everything you at least read in the media up in New England, all those type of things. He messed up. I don't know exactly what he did, but he didn't do right. And we know New England. I mean, come on. It's the most, like group of psycho type a coaches in the world like uh, the, yes it's a huge year for them you know there's there is pressure on the patriots they want to bounce back from a lackluster year last year and added on top of that hashtag tommy won a super bowl so they want to get back in the swing of things here and prove that you know it wasn't all tommy and all that type of stuff right stop those rumors cam newton's finally getting his feet underneath them and you're going damn he looks good and he does this you know, that, that's New England. I Just knowing that group up there, it's got to drive them crazy. And especially right now where you're coming down the home stretch of going like, hey, important practices, important preseason game. We're going to start honing in on little things for week one in the game plan, all those type of things. And it's just going to make them wonder, like, uh, is he going to do something else and have a misunderstanding in week five? And now we're going to have to, like, you know, babysit him again or do something. And and as we both know, New England just doesn't like playing those type of games like that. Let me just say this. Say this. First of all, yeah. for anyone – thank you. <laughs> this. For anyone who is unvaccinated, the rule is as simple as it can be. Right. Thou shalt get tested every day at the facility. There is a little play in that. Right. Because you've got – Almost a 48-hour window. If you need to go out of town for whatever reason, the team is approved going out of town for some sort of medical treatment, whatever the case may be. If you can get your test really early one day, right. you can go, you spend the night, you come back, and you got until 11.59 p.m. And my sense is that most teams would find a way to accommodate a key unvaccinated player no doubt. to get him tested that day right that's it's that's that's the obligation if you're not vaccinated yeah. hey if you just get the damn shots you don't have to worry about it because you only get tested once every 14 days that's one of the incentives they didn't want to make it mandatory so they came up with a bunch of incentives to get vaccinated and disincentives to stay unvaccinated and chris here's the key you touched on it when you said week five, although you went one week too yeah. far. Yeah, yeah. Week four. And right. it was week four last year when they're getting ready to play the Chiefs and Cam Newton, uh-oh, yeah. he can't play because right. he tested positive. Right. Well, this year, if you're not vaccinated, you're going to be tested day before game, day of game. Right, so the hay's in the barn. Yeah. The game plan's ready for week four, Sunday night football. Tommy's coming back to town. We got everything ready for Cam Newton to go out there and try to extend his all-time career record against Tom Brady to 3-0. and 
oh, wait a minute. Cam tested positive. Yeah. He can't play. Time to break glass in event of emergency and get Mac Jones' ass out on the field. How then, assuming Jones is vaccinated, and he's played the quarterback room party line of it's a personal decision, but you know what? I got access to plenty of photos from training camp practices, and you see a lot of them. Cam Newton with a mask on. And he's Don't not. See any with Mac Jones no, having a mask uh, on. Yes, so you're right. I would so think he's vaccinated that, by the look of it, like you're saying. Yes. Uh, assuming he's vaccinated and Cam Newton isn't, as you're getting ready for that Tom Brady game week four, and you got a lot of other S dash dash T to worry about. Yeah, right. You got one last thing to worry about if Mac Jones is your starting quarterback, and that's the possibility he's going to test positive the day of the game and throw everything out the window. How is that not a factor for Bill Belichick in deciding which guy should be the starting quarterback? Of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah. I mean, you, yes, we know New England doesn't want surprises. I mean, it's do your job. Part of your job right now is, yeah, being either vaccinated or doing all the other things that you got to do to pass protocols on a daily basis. And, you know, again, that train's going to keep moving up there. I can tell you that. I don't care who it is. I mean, they they come in, they go to work, they put all their eggs in in the basket on a daily basis. And if you're not there as the quarterback, so what? They're going to keep moving on and pushing forward. And that's where it's just it's shocking to me because Cam Newton, I mean, really void like it, the Patriots just couldn't find a quarterback in the offseason in the early on. And that's why Cam is there, I mean, to a degree. Yeah, they like some of the things he did last year. They understand it was a tough year and all those type of things. But, you know, I think we heard enough rumors and things like that that they were looking, then they went back to Cam. So, I mean, his livelihood is is waning in the balance here. He's very close, like I said yesterday, to being relegated to a backup quarterback, a journeyman here for the rest of his career. And these are the type of mistakes you can't make and can't make, especially in New England, when you haven't established yourself and you're not the man like, you know, Cam Newton was in the Carolina Panthers. Added to that, you got the 15th pick of the draft you're competing with, who just continues to keep looking awesome and awesomer as we watch. I mean, last week, come on, I know Cam Newton was great. Mac Jones was phenomenal. And the stats don't even tell how good he was. I mean, Nikhil Harry dropped a 50-yard touchdown pass. But he's so polished, as you and I text about during the games, he's got some, like, dorky, weird, I'm cool charisma that is hard to put your finger on looking at the guy. But anything you hear about the guy, people love him. He's got a great way about him. He's extremely confident and cocky in the right way. And... I, that's where I just come back to Cam Newton. I just go, what the hell? I can't believe you've done this to yourself. You know, you said that Cam Newton's livelihood is waning in the balance. You realize you said that. It's I, been a, a couple of minutes, but I can't let that go. Yeah. I, I can't allow that one to slide under the radar. Yeah, thank you. I, I kind of heard it come out, but I just kind of pushed right through it and hoped you wouldn't notice. <laughs> thank you. By the way, by the way, the Patriots have made a trade according to Shefty, running back Sony Michelle to you want to guess which team he's going to? Oh my gosh. They traded away Sony Michelle, which I'm not shocked. Actually, I'm more shocked that some team would trade for Sony Michelle. Uh Houston Texans? Los Angeles Rams. Ooh, the Rams. Well, they need somebody for sure. I understand that. That's a risky trade, though. I mean, Sony Michelle. 
You know, it's he's got a knee issue that it, it's he's been dealing with ever since he got in the NFL. So uh, I understand the Rams and their need and want and all that. And of course, the Patriots have a pretty good running back room right now, especially with the the emergence of Ramondre Stevenson Stevenson here in these two games to where he became expendable. Yeah, you know, between the Cam Akers pre preseason right. torn Achilles that wiped out a guy that I think we both thought would have been a breakout star in twenty twenty one. Yeah. yeah. Daryl Henderson banged his thumb. They've had other injuries on the running back depth chart. They just need to have enough guys there to make the offense go. So uh what a shock. The Rams trading for another veteran player. We 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 assume that the former first round pick didn't yield a first round pick for uh, the Patriots only because the Rams don't have many any first round picks <laughs> yeah, for, a, a for the long rest time. of the Michelle clear, <laughs> clearly not at the point where he would get a first round pick in no. return, but he was a first round pick out of Georgia a few years back. So what does your gut tell you? What does your chicken fickers and cannabis gut tell you <laughs> about who's going to start week one for the Patriots? Oh, I I really thought it was Cam and he had it locked up. I think with this and all the shenanigans involved, and if Mac Jones goes in, you know, well, they got the Giants coming up to them, right? If he has a good week of practice against them and goes and lights it up in the game itself too, where I think before I stood and go, uh, they wouldn't think about it. They're just going to be happy where Mac is. And if they got to, if Cam's not playing well, they'll put him in at some point during the year to now where I think the, the pendulum would swing to damn, maybe we should start this guy week one. Maybe we should. I, I do think that's going to cross their brain now. I, I don't know if they'll actually do it, but I think there will be more of a thought, you know, after the game's over early next week and do, I don't like to start a rookie, but damn, the other guy acts like a rookie sometimes. So what the hell's the difference? So maybe I should just start the rookie. And that's that's where, you know, like you said, the door's been blown wide open. And I think there's a chance now. I guess I'm still leaning Cam, but I, I, I think it's like 52-48, where before I thought it was like 80-20. Bill Belichick has not been nearly as vocal as Vikings coach Mike Zimmer with the frustration over players choosing not to get vaccinated. And Look, Bill Belichick's never publicly vocal about anything. He protects his players at all costs. But can you imagine the amount of eye-rolling right. that he has done or behind the scenes right. over the Ugh. fact that Cam Newton Ugh. won't get vaccinated? Right. And it's his own fault, and we can't count on him. See, what football coaches are looking for at every level, players they can count on. And usually that means, can I count on you on the field to do what you're supposed to do and not freak out and do something stupid? But as relates to availability, can I count on you there? And the way they've set up the rules, setting aside any concerns that anyone may have about a vaccine, at least from the Pfizer perspective, that just got full FDA approval the other day. And I know the people who have been saying, well, it's not approved by the FDA. We'll find other things now to point to because that's been taken off the, the FDA table. is corrupt. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. Somebody paid somebody off. That's right. the only reason it got approved. But the fact is it goes directly to your availability because if you get the shot, if you've got the card, you don't potentially get knocked out for 10 days minimum any given day of all the stuff that a coach has to worry about day in and day out throughout the season. For the vaccinated players, he doesn't have to worry 
every single day. Yeah. Lather, rinse, repeat. Right. Am I going to lose one of my key players for 10 days over something that has nothing to do with his overall health or ability to play football? That I, I know how I would feel about it. Yeah. And I know as I'm getting down to my final 53, if you aren't vaccinated, that is a red flag. And I know that the rules say I can't consider it. Well, I don't care. I just won't leave a paper trail. And you know that teams are going to do that. The problem is there are too many good players out there who aren't vaccinated, and if you cut them loose, they're going to land somewhere else, and then you got to worry about them coming in and beating your butt yeah. because they are available that day. But I, I for, for a position like quarterback where the whole offense is affected by which that, guy it that's is. That's right, exactly. I think it is going to be Mac Jones now, and the, and, and that's, that's every reason for it to be Mac Jones, and it's every reason for Cam to just get vaccinated. I don't know who's advising him on these things, but good Lord – if you want to turn your career around, if you want to hold off what may be an inevitable benching of Mac Jones, one way to do it is just get vaccinated. So I, I know my, you I don't you get like it. him. I don't, don't get, get it, it either. And you know, you're right. I mean, starting quarterback is, is got extra importance to it. I mean, if you're not vaccinated and something happens and like you say, now you're out for 10 days and all that. I mean, this is the NFL. Every game's a playoff game in the NFL. I mean, one loss is like 10 losses in baseball, five losses. And like you, you have a quarterback who goes through that. You might lose two games in a row and go, damn, that was the difference in us not making the playoffs this year. We're nine and eight and we should have been 11 and six. Am that math right? Yeah, I think so. I'm still not used to this damn schedule thing, got it. but yes, but that is, uh, that that's gotta be. And, and as, I mean, as crazy and type a as you are, I mean, you got nothing on that group up there. I know that that, that they're they are psycho. All of them, McDaniel's, Belichick, the whole coaching staff. That's why they're great. And you know, yeah, like you said, it's not going to be like they're going to have conversations. And there's going to be drama hour about Cam. It's going to be eye rolling, scoffing, and then just like let's push forward. The hell with him. He's not here. Let's keep going. They're not going to like think about this and his personal feelings and all that type of stuff. Not at this point of the year. And look. It can happen anytime, anyplace, anywhere. There were several Bills players, and this is how we're going to find out who's vaccinated and who's not. This is one of the ways to find out because if you're vaccinated and you have close contact with someone who tests positive, you're good to go. Yeah. If you're not vaccinated and you have close contact, like Cole Beasley, like Gabriel Davis, like Mike uh, Matt Milano, like other members of the Bills – because a trainer tested positive, well, yeah, trainer doing all sorts of stuff up close and personal, that trainer tests positive when that trainer's tested once every 14 days, boom. Now, the trainers may be tested more frequently, but regardless, you get somebody who tests positive, you're knocked out for at least five days. Even if you never test positive, yeah, you're gone. Right. And depending upon when that lands, you may miss a game just by virtue of the fact that you happen to be in the same place of someone else who was vaccinated who ended up testing positive. You did everything you possibly could do right. Stuff happens. You're gone for five days. And and if you're vaccinated, it's never an issue. No, I know. I, I, I don't get it either, you know. I know we're going to talk about Jerry Jones here in a little bit, but he said a lot of good things. I, I just, yes, it's, it's risky. And, again, if you love playing football, I understand. I had hesitant, I was hesitant, you know, with should I get the vaccination? Should I wait for something better to come out? Do all those things. But the greater good for society and the greater good for my own personal life, it made freaking sense. So 
that's where I go. And you know what I've thought about so many times? Because you get the shot. I keep thinking of that Pulp Fiction scene where, you know, uh, Uma Thurman's having the drug overdose and they're going, get the yeah, shot. Sh- yeah, get the shot. Yeah. <laughs> a little different yeah. shot, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good Slightly thing. different. Slightly <laughs> different. I don't know how different. it would feel. I don't know how it would feel to have a shot of adrenaline directly through your rib cage and into Boom. your heart. <laughs> but I know that the first Pfizer shot I got, I thought she was lying to me and she didn't actually give it to me. The second one, I felt a little bit. The first one, I felt nothing. So, yeah, it's no big deal. Get the if, shot. If 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 fear of needles is what's keeping Cam Newton from getting the shot, I can guarantee you, Cam, it's nothing. Yeah. So, who yeah. knows? Who knows what it is? Whether it's Kirk Cousins, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, an alarming number of starting quarterbacks, an alarming number have not gotten vaccinated. And one of the reasons they haven't is they assume their position is safe one way or the other. And for a lot of them, it is. For Cam Newton, as you say, his position may be waning in the balance. (laughs) Uh, Vic Fangio, the Broncos head coach, has to pick a quarterback between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. As of Tuesday, he was no closer than he was on Saturday night. Here's Fangio from yesterday talking about the quarterback competition in Denver. Yeah, it's pretty damn close. I mean, you guys have seen it. I've asked a few of you a few times, and you, neither one of you have come up with an answer. And uh, and uh, um, so it is close. And I think it's close for a good reason. They both have played well. The good news of this competition is we got two quarterbacks that we feel we can go win with. Yeah, that's the key. Now, as the saying uh, goes, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. But sometimes you actually have two quarterbacks that you feel good about. And the fact that it's so close really, to me, does favor the guy that the current GM brought in. George Payton, no ties to Drew Locke. No role in drafting Drew Locke. And for all we know, wasn't a fan of Drew Locke when he was coming out of Missouri in 2019. Sure, Teddy Bridgewater, we know. At a time when everyone else was down on Teddy because he did that pro day workout without his gloves on, and it was a disaster. Well, not long after that, back in 2014, the Vikings had a private workout with Teddy Bridgewater, and he blew him away, and George Payton was part of that brain trust. And and it's close now. And Fangio likes what Teddy does, manipulating the pocket. Look at that. Look at that. So subtle, Chris. But that's Tom Brady's stuff. No doubt. Moving up just enough, buying time to get rid of the football that's what Fangio talked about after the game yeah and, no, doing and, that uh, and being it, aggressive throwing the ball down the field that's where I mean if, if Teddy does like he did the other night I won't be complaining about Teddy's style of play Mike like you're saying he stood in the pocket a few times where I went wait old Teddy would have just moved and looked for a check down he moved and is going wait I'm looking to you know strike here and make a big play and he threw the ball to like some really tight windows this throw right here this might be the throw of the night I mean, that's great coverage, perfect throw, aggressive decision. I mean, that's the stuff that I, I, I'm i hesitant with Teddy Bridgewater at times. He can't do that with this team. But if he's aggressive like that and still, you know, he knows when to be aggressive and not as far as, you know, taking a stupid chance and then taking a calculated good chance. Mike, I'm kind of with you. The, the more this is, goes on, I think, between what you just said with Peyton, Vic Fangio being a defensive coach, 
And I'll go back to, again, I'll go back to that Schefter comment I talked about yesterday a little bit too. The fact that he talked about it to a defensive player who said, our defense is going to be so good, Fangio's just going to pick the guy who won't mess it up. That makes all three of those things make me lean Teddy right now, or at least that they're going to go Teddy. And and you know me, I'm one that thinks they should go Drew Locke, but I, I understand the Teddy thought for sure. Well, and Fangio's been there for the two years of Drew Locke where when he wasn't injured, he was too inconsistent. Yeah. And the door was open for Teddy Bridgewater. The door was open for the possibility of Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson That's in right. Denver because Drew Locke hasn't been what they hoped he would be. One wild card in all of this yeah. is the lingering influence, if any, of John Elway. Mm. John Elway got promoted he he's he kind of got promoted right out of the door. He's still there. He has a bigger title. It's George Payton's show. Yeah, and by next like year it. at this time, Elway probably is going to be gone altogether. He still had a lot of money owed to him under his contract, and they love John Elway. They don't want to disrespect John Elway. But I think what they've tried to do this year, and it's hard to do it without an owner, and the Broncos are a team that desperately needs and they plan next year to have an owner, one person who's in charge of everything. They've been trying to minimize the Elway influence, but he's still kind of there. And I think there's some frustration at time to time that comes up over that because sure. he's going to be a Locke guy because Locke was his guy. Yeah. I, I want to be vindicated. It's natural. Not being critical. This is the guy that, that Elway wanted, and let's give him a chance to show that he can be the guy that we thought he was going to be when we drafted him in 2019. But Peyton... Hey, and we may never get the full story on why the decision was made and how it was made, but Peyton is likely going to be pushing Teddy. And based on what we saw there, you know, Teddy's at a point five years removed, almost to the day. We're coming up on the anniversary of Teddy Bridgewater's knee imploding during practice at a time when the Vikings were thinking that he was going to go next level in his third year and right. take that team to new heights. Right. And Peyton was part of it. And now Peyton's got a chance five years after the fact, to have Teddy fulfill that promise that so many people in Minnesota thought he had. It's as The longer this goes, the more convinced I become it's going to be Bridgewater. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. You know, again, it, it, what's, what's, what's awesome about this week of preseason football, I mean, we got some real football to evaluate. Like, it's not like, oh, this is a throwaway preseason game. We're going to see the starters in there for a few seconds, and then they're going to be out. No. Like, it's going to be fun to watch some of these matchups and, like, go, no, there's real competition here. You know, they're going to be playing against the Rams where we know they're going to play zero starters or anything like that. But nonetheless, I mean, uh, one mistake, one mess up. I don't know if Teddy, you know, strip sack fumbles or throws an interception or like that. He, he could lose the job. I, I do take Vic Fangio at his word that it is that close. They have both been very, very good in both games. They really have. And just from what I see on that standpoint as far as game and game film, yeah, it is as close as it gets between two football players. Uh, so it, I, I'm, it, it, that'll be fun to watch. What is that? That's Saturday night, 9.05 Eastern. Yeah, I'll be watching that for sure. No Thursday games this week. Damn. Just Friday and Saturday and Sunday, and then come Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, all of the rosters cut from 80 to 53. That's different than it used to be. And let me just say to the NFL, thank you very much for that because 
for years, for as long as I can remember. Cutdown day was the Saturday of Labor Day weekend because they had a fourth preseason game and all that work was done Friday to figure out who they're going to cut. They come out on Saturday. It's a huge news day. First of all, it's the Saturday of Labor Day weekend, so the consumer isn't out there yeah, at the same right, level right. to digest it all. Uh, and it's kind of nice to be able to, you know, be normal on the Saturday of Labor Day weekend right before football season starts. So next Tuesday is going to be a huge, huge day. And that's why they've configured the preseason schedule, because apart from who's going to be the quarterback of a given team, who's going to be on the team? A pretty big question. When we return, Jerry Jones, Chris alluded to this earlier, the voice of reason when it comes to COVID-19, saying some things that maybe some people who aren't vaccinated will listen to. More PFT Live coming right after this. Now, everyone has a right to make their own decisions regarding their health and their body. Uh, I believe in that completely. Uh, until your decision as to yourself impacts negatively many others. Uh, we have got to check eye at the door and go forward with we. Uh, you Dallas Cowboys are doing that. Jerry Jones, Cowboys owner. 105.3 The Fan in Dallas on Tuesday talking about the responsibility that we all have to get the vaccine. Now, he has a clear profit motive in ensuring that all of his players are available, ensuring that games aren't canceled, ensuring that stadiums are full throughout the league, not just in Dallas. But still, it's right. It's accurate. It's the fair thing to do to encourage people to get it. Even if you do have a selfish motive, at least he's out there saying it. People are afraid to come out and say it because so many people who are anti-vaccine will attack you for saying it. He doesn't care. Yeah. He's going to say what he believes, right. especially as he goes, as we talked earlier, to your availability as a football player. All the things football players do, all the drugs they take that we know have clear long-term consequences like Toradol. They will line up out the door, Chris, as you have said time and again, to take Toradol without question so they can go out and play with a body that is fully numb to pain, expose themselves to further injury by doing so, and accept the long-term risk to your kidneys or your livers or whatever other the, the warnings are for Toradol. Yeah. They don't think twice about it. But here's something that goes directly to your availability that, hell no, we won't go. We won't do it. It's odd to me. And uh, I, I doubt that at this point anyone's mind is going to be changed who is determined not to get it. Yeah, I mean, probably not. You're right. I mean, maybe. Maybe it, it'll, you know, make a, a little dent in things. You know, but, I mean, he's, yeah, has interest, availability like you're talking about. You know, it's a big year for his football team. All of those things, yes. And, Hey, honestly, I mean, I mean, he is a human being. He sees what's going on in Texas right now. I mean, hospitals are exhausted. He's probably trying to just put out a good Samaritan statement out there to go, come on, like, you know, what are we doing? And you're right. That To me, that has been the funniest thing of all this with some of, some of it. I mean, again, I, I know Tom Brady lives clean to life, but, like, yeah, a lot of football players put, you know, well, creatine in their body and all these other things where you go, like, that ain't good. And I, I see people on TV, I'm not going to get vaccinated. And I just want to go, oh, man, it looks like you're putting a lot of other crappy things in your body, but you won't get vaccinated, huh? I mean, that's where I just, I don't get it. Uh, and I, I'm really, I'm, a, I'm, I'm really like almost proud that, that Jerry Jones said that. I really am. That was some statement to say that. Check I at the door. Let's go forward with we. I mean, damn, that should be like the statement for the NFL for the year. He might have just came up with their, their, uh, 
new banner. I mean, I really uh, appraise him for, for what he said and what he did yesterday. I try to think back to the early days of the pandemic, which was just about 18 months ago, feels like 18 years ago. But I just think there was a presumption that once a vaccine was available, we would all line up out the door like football players getting Toradol shots. I never thought it would be an issue. And as the handling of avoiding the virus and masks and whatnot and gatherings and this and that, as it started to have this political divide creep into it, unfortunately, because it never should have been political, but it became political. Because something like that, politicians find a way to make it political. It's ultimately their fault for making it political instead of coming together. I just assumed we'd all come together and get the vaccine and recognize this is the way to, to get past this and get on with our lives. And I'll see some of the clips sometimes. And Chris, I have yet to hear a single person make a compelling argument for not taking the vaccine. They will cite this junk science, voodoo bullcrap. I almost said the other word. Yeah. And it is sickening to see that stuff get sold by people who know damn well what they're doing. They're profiting off of telling people what they want to hear so they can continue to reside in their bubble of deliberate ignorance and willful failure to do what needs to be done. And it's it, it again, it's it just it feels like at this point, nothing is going to change it. And I hope I'm wrong. Well, I know. I hope I'm wrong, too. But, you know, it. If it doesn't change, we're going to be dealing with this for a long time. It's going to continue to linger. You know, it's going to affect our kids. It's going to affect our society. It's going to go back to affecting our freedoms that everybody, oh, you're making me wear a mask. I'm not free anymore. Like, what? Your smile wasn't that good. We didn't need to see it. Sorry. Put a, <laughs> put a mask on. Like, sorry, you're not that handsome. I mean, what, what, thank you for blocking yourself. I mean, come on. I mean, well, I want the freedom to live life. So let's do the little things to do that. I, you know? So that's where I'm uh, Yeah, sorry. I could go off yeah. about this subject. I got a lot of funny things I oh. could say about this. <laughs> no, oh, yes. Yeah, no, but but you know what? Uh, well, never mind. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it's it it, and and the problem is some of the politicians that used it for political gain and cranked up the base now can't uncrank the base, as one of them found out yeah, in Alabama right, over the weekend. Right. But that's all I'll say about that. We are two weeks and one day away from the first game of the regular season when the Cowboys travel to Florida to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll be there. Here is Jerry Jones from yesterday on 105.3 The Fan talking about the availability of his franchise quarterback, Dak Prescott, for that game. I wouldn't be nervous this morning as to where he is in his recovery. He's there. Uh, I'd like for him to have this week of practice just to get ready to play Tampa, but, of course, we've got to what, two and a half weeks or two weeks. But uh, the bottom line is he's there. Yeah, look, this gets back to what we talked about on Monday. He could play. That's great. And I expect him to play. Jerry Jones wants a big rating for that game. If it's Ben DiNucci against Tom Brady, and as you pointed out the other day, based upon his performance in the second preseason game, it won't be Ben DiNucci. Right. It's got a better chance of being Roger Staubach than Ben DiNucci for that Thursday night game. But uh, whether he's Prescott at the level he needs to be at, 
and whether or not he gets himself in a spot where while compensating for the ankle and compensating for the shoulder, he injures something else, that's all to be determined. But but I, I think there's a, a significant middle ground between, you know, he plays, but he's far from 100%. Yeah. And he potentially gets himself injured in another way. I think that that is where we're going to be in 15 days. I I, I mean, I, I don't expect to see – a hundred percent Dak Prescott hitting on all cylinders. I'm the guy that before the injury who was going to throw for 6,000 yards. I don't expect to see that, you know, uh, I, I mean, not, especially not at this point, health issues, lack of reps. I don't care who you are. You know, it just, it doesn't matter when you miss football for that extended period of time, you're not going to come back and just be like, Oh man, I'm back. I'm going to take over the game just like I used to. No. I mean, I still I always go back to like Peyton Manning. You know, when that that first time he came back for the Colts, right? I think it was an a, an opening game against the Bears and he played I mean, this is Peyton Manning like in the prime where you're just like, man, Peyton Manning takes over every game. He kicks butt and does whatever he wants and there he had missed time, comes back, plays for the Colts. And yeah, he wasn't the Peyton Manning. It took a few weeks for him to kind of get going in those type of things. So, man, if Peyton Manning's going to struggle a little bit after missing some time or just not be at his absolute best, I expect the same with Dak Prescott. And especially when I just look at it and go, man, you're playing the Bucks there in Tampa, you know, lack of reps and the game really, you know, for all intents and purposes, hinges on the offense to a degree. I mean, the Bucs are going to feel comfortable with the Cowboys' defense because, first off, it's not overly talented. Dan Quinn just came from Atlanta. They've seen him not eight times the last two years or whatever. How many times? So they're, they're going to know the scheme. That offense is going to have to execute at a high level if they're going to win the football game. So that's why they're being careful with Dak. But, like, to your point, I don't think it's going to be 100% Dak. Yep, uh, I agree with you. We will see Dak Prescott, but don't expect him to be the guy that the Cowboys need him to be if they want to beat the Buccaneers on the night that they raised the banner on the pirate ship to start the 2021 season. Let's take a break. More PFT Live to come right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All 
All right, uh, Yahoo Fantasy Football. Time is almost up, people. If you want to play fantasy football this year, download the Yahoo Fantasy app now. Join the league and get ready for the trash-talking, side-betting, and loser-punishing all that you can handle on the number one app in fantasy. Don't miss out. Download Yahoo Fantasy right now. I got my drafts coming up next week. Oh, me too, Mike. I'm doing it this year. I got to do my work. I got to – because we got no excuses if we stink. We got no excuses if we stink. If we win, we're supposed to. So uh, I got to start thinking about that. I kind of already am, but I got to make the hard pivot because Monday and Wednesday, the fantasy drafts. And one of the reasons I wait until after the preseason is over is because you want to avoid a situation where you end up drafting someone who is unable to play. And if you've already had your draft and if you thought, hey, I'm going to get a steal here with Clemson running back Travis Etienne, who was a first round pick of the Jaguars, you have a problem now because he suffered a sprained foot on uh, Saturday against the or Monday. Well, I, the other and now I'm like you. Yeah. You your 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 inability to remember the days is infecting me. It was Monday night. Right. Uh, and you know it was one of those things where it seemed ominous from the start, and then you hear Liz Frank, and you're thinking, um, yeah. Mm. We've seen this movie many times, and I feel awful for Travis Etienne. He was poised to be a real weapon in that offense this year. So he is out for the season with that foot sprain that he suffered on Monday night against the New Orleans Saints. James Robinson, undrafted in 2020, have an even bigger role. Although they were using Etienne a lot at receiver, he was going to be a very diverse weapon for that offense this year. And uh, uh, Chris, you know, uh, we know it happens. We say it every year. We know guys are going to get injured. We know that it will affect seasons, that guys will be gone for the year. We just don't know who, when, where, for how long they're going to be out. We know it's going to happen. What, what does it mean for the Jaguars to not have ATN for the full rookie season? Oh, well, uh, you know, I don't I don't know the full capacity. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, you said it. It seemed like they were going to kind of use him as a weapon, running back, slot receiver, kind of Alvin Kamara-ish, but maybe more – pass game oriented you know what I found a little peculiar and of course it's going to hurt them I mean Etienne's talented there's no doubt about that and like you said his skill set he can cause some problems because of his versatility there but like they didn't really use him in either first two preseason games that was one thing I've been like I I haven't seen him I was kind of like excited for that I mean we basically that was it for the Saints game the week before in that preseason game against the Browns, there was very little ATN, uh, you know, influence in that game as well. So, uh, I, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is I was, I was still kind of trying to figure out how they were going to use him, and I haven't heard a lot of buzz about him coming out of there. You know, I mean, as a rookie, I know it's a big adjustment, all those type of things, but certainly for a team that's you know, learning on the fly. He's a big part of the future and all those things. You want the reps and you want the versatility just to help them out on the offensive side of the ball. And to the extent that the hypothesis slash theory that we stumbled over yesterday when trying to understand why there's a quarterback competition, a quarterback competition in Jacksonville, the possibility that Coach Urban Meyer is protecting or considering the possibility of protecting Trevor Lawrence by allowing Gardner Minshew to play this year and keeping Lawrence out of the fray. The fact that he lost a first-round pick already to a season-ending injury, it has to make Meyer think even more clearly because, number one, you've seen lightning strike. Number two, it's one less talented player who will be available to help Trevor Lawrence move the football down the field that's right and it ha- if if he already 
was hesitant, this makes him more hesitant. It definitely makes him less hesitant. It, de- it doesn't. De- let me try that again. It definitely doesn't make him less hesitant. And uh, you just have to wonder whether that's the direction this is going to go because that team is bereft of talent. And uh, Chris, you're, you're the theory that you tripped over yesterday, the idea that maybe they just want to keep this guy healthy all year and ready to go next year. Maybe that is what they're thinking about doing. I, I I would think it's certainly you know crossing their you know crossing their brain a little bit, crossing their mind. There we go. Uh, and like, and also just you know maybe he just wants Meyer wants to get a little bit of a a formula and offense and get the offense kind of rolling in the offensive line, especially to where they get to the point where maybe it will be week three where he just goes, okay, I feel like we're playing better football now, and I can trust this group that. They're not going to mess up and then hurt my franchise quarterback, which is going to then hurt my career and my football team for the next few years. You know, so I, I certainly got to think that's a possibility. You know, there's still a lot of time left here. You know, like we talked about, you got a little more than two weeks of football, all those type of things. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be about, I think, the comfortable uh, comfortability of the offense and where they're at. And then, of course, where Trevor Lawrence is in that to protect himself and all that. The good, the good thing is the Texans week one – should not be a type of defense that you go, oh, man, that we're outmatched, we're scared, holy cow, we can't block anybody on there. Uh, that at least gives them a, a decent start to try to get their feet underneath them and get rolling for the season. You know, when you say a word like comfortability, what goes across my brain is this. It's another Simsism, but I'm going to look it up I think during it's the right. break, I think it's and right. it's going to end up being right. an acceptable <laughs> Word. It's just that you have conditioned us to constantly be looking for the next Simsism. That anything that sounds close, we 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 flip to yes, that's a Simsism. It may not be, but that's on my list of things to check out during the break. Before okay. we get there, and one yeah. more thing about the Jaguars, right? Because we talked yesterday about Taysom Hill's demeanor when number one, Jameis Winston plays lights out. Number two, it's not going nearly as well for Hill and. He started to kind of have the demeanor of a guy who knew he's not going to be the starting quarterback. I've had people tell me that they noticed that Urban Meyer didn't have the greatest sideline demeanor from the standpoint of, you know, have I bitten off more than I can chew? Am I happy with the play calling? You know, I didn't notice it per se, but the idea that maybe he was kind of shaking his head when he would hear what was going through the headset out to the quarterbacks. Uh, it bears watching. It bears watching. I because saw a lot of it. Based on his history of getting kind of burned out because he just holds on too tight. What happened with Nick Saban in Miami. You know, these college coaches come to the NFL and sometimes they don't quite realize how much more stressful and involved right. it is. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to understate what it means to be a great college football coach because that's not easy either, but it's different. It is it's a different, different that's right. kind of stress. It's a different it, – you have so much less that you can control, but also so many different ways that putting in that extra time and pushing things just the right way may make a difference. And I, I think that it's going to take a while for Urban Meyer to find his sweet spot. I, I'm with you there, Mike, all the way. I, I, where I give him a fighting chance over other you know, college coaches who have come up and made you know, the move and all that type of stuff, he's, he's an overseer. That's the greatness of it. He's not trying to like implement his offense or his defense or do it. This is not Steve Spurrier or anything like that. It's more Matt Rule. 
you know, that's where I look at it a little bit to just go, wait, I know what it takes to win in football, what you need up front, those type of things. Hey, I don't know exactly all the details of these plays, but I think we need to do this offensive coordinator. This is what we're best at. This is where they're weak. I think that's where Urban Meyer is really good. But you're right. Like, you know, he's going to have to make the adjustment. Again, I think that's where it goes to, uh, yeah, you know, you could play a little sloppy at Ohio State and still win by 21 points because you just your players were better. That crap ain't happening anymore. Your players are not better at Jacksonville, and things are always going to be somewhat equal in the NFL, and it's going to be tough, and you got to find your advantage that way. But, Mike, if you go back and watch the replay of the game, I, I noticed it a lot during the game. I don't know if he's listening to the call, but he's holding his mic. More times I found him holding his mic, looking at the replay of the play and going like, I mean, we didn't block that guy, and this guy dropped the ball. Like He just was frustrated with the overall look, and he's going to have to learn to calm his expectations a little bit or uh, he is going to drive himself crazy. Yeah, and uh, a comment that was made by the broadcast crew, and I can't remember which member said it, but – Urban Meyer lost nine games in seven seasons yeah, at Ohio State. Yeah. And if he only loses nine games this year in Jacksonville, that will have been Success. a tremendous season yeah. for him. So he's got to get used to that. We talked about it with Kyler Murray coming out of college. He'd lost three games in his entire high school and college career combined. You go to the NFL level, if you're not somebody who's accustomed to losing, you're going to get acquainted with it very quickly. Uh, by the way, Matt Casey's already done the work for me. Comfortability Bam. is a word. Bam. It is a word. People people ask, is comfortability in the English dictionary? And yes, it is. Thank so you. congratulations, yeah. Chris. Yeah. An accidental Simsism. Not a Simsism again. Let's take a break. Has the league figured out Lamar Jackson? He doesn't think so. We'll find out if Chris Sims thinks so. We'll discuss that next year on PS Live. Price drop, time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.